Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we have a, a pretty packed uh, schedule here. It's mostly all basketball. I think it's entirely basketball. Um, I, know, I know Shiano speaks tomorrow, so we'll have something football-related at the uh, the end of the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's just start off right from the top. Uh, the Knight Society hosted a, an NIL event this past weekend called the Scarlet Open. It was at the yes, Top Golf in Edison. Uh, it was Basically, the way it worked was they they matched up players with groups of people, and they had a team competition. And I believe Gavin Griffiths led the uh, the team that ended up winning it. Correct. Tell us what you're hearing from how the event went, and just like what people said, and, and kind of the vibes around the first ever Scarlet Open. Yeah. So everything that everyone's talking about, like a, a surround. Oh, sorry, Jesus, I can't talk today. A big success, a very big success. Everyone loved it. Um, I know our uh, one of our guys, our, our writers, Alec, was there. He talked to Geo Baker, talked to a couple other people about the event, did a whole article on it. Um, it, it sounds like it just went really, really well. Um, got the whole Rutgers uh, fan base slash alumni slash everyone uh, surrounding the Scarlet Knights Athletics pretty much to uh, get involved with this one too. Sean Tucker was there. Um, I know a lot of the coaches were there, Steve Peichel, obviously couple other uh like the whole team was there coaches etc um it just seems like it was a really good event um you promote nil a little bit because for people that don't know much about it this kind of helps them to to learn a little more and uh this is kind of what nil is about it's supposed to be about events like this bringing alumni together and yeah it's technically going to get the players a little bit of money but it's not about paying the players to play the game it's about getting them a little money on the side to do other stuff but this was a cool event it seems like um it's not your typical golf outing because it was at Top Golf, and it's a little more challenging. You have to actually like aim a little bit, and instead of just going straight down the fairway. Um, so yeah, it just it seems like everything went really well, and um, I think it was New Roads Financial who was uh, the winner. Yeah, New Roads Financial was the winner. They had Gavin Griffiths on their team, who apparently is a really good golfer, from what I was told. So I mean, not too shocking there. Um, I did see Quiff's golf swing on uh, Alex video and the one handed golf swing. And I was like, Oh, okay. What was that? <laughs> yeah. He was doing so. the one handed uh, Bowser swing from Mary with golf. If anybody remembers that game from back in the day, uh, I, I guess uh, when you're that tall, it's kind of hard to, to fit in the, the tee box and to, to do an actual swing or maybe he mm-hmm. just hadn't really played golf before. But yeah, I, I did see that too. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. And then uh, if you read Alex article and he actually had a, he was part of the riot squad team and they had Aiden Terry and they figured the, the most logical situation being that you have to hit the ball in like one of the holes to get points was to hit as many balls as possible within that 20 minute time frame. And yep. Aiden Terry ended up hitting 206 golf balls in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I don't even know what you do after like, 20 i feel like i'm just tired i'm like geez like he hit 200 in 20 minutes like so it sounds like it was kind of like more fun than anything it was a good event um ron harper jr had a cameo where he was shouted out everyone talked about uh ruckers in general nil and society 
Um, they, they had auction, a silent auction that had like jerseys, uh, signed shoes, photos, uh, all kinds of uh, memorabilia. And it, like I said, it was just seemed like a really good event. And it sounds like they want to do it again next year and make it even bigger. Maybe Top Golf again, because that's kind of a little different and everyone can kind of participate versus like an actual golf outing where, I mean, you kind of know how, have to know how to golf to do that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like this was a great event and I'm sure they're going to do a lot more. And um, great, good, uh, good start for Night Society in terms of uh, events this offseason. They've done a bunch of them already. So this is uh, they're just going to keep piling on. So it, it was uh, seems like it was good. Yeah, we've both attended the, uh, the the watch party at uh, in New Brunswick uh, this past year for Olive the Indiana Branch. game at the Olive Branch. Yep, and that, I thought that was a really well run event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obviously the guys at the front office really know what they're doing, and they they help this. The, they partner with the Knight Society to put these events on. And you spoke to uh, one of the guys who ran <laughs> who runs the uh, the front office, and what what did he say? How the event went? Yeah, so Pat Lawless is one of the one of three or four three guys I believe that run the front office, and same thing they they keep they're Rutgers guys, they're New Jersey guys actually more than anything because they have uh, a, a Seton Hall guy on board too, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but, but they run that Rutgers Seton Hall banquet every year. They're now helping Geo run all these events. They helped them run the watch party. They're they're kind of helping people. No, I shouldn't say people. They're more 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 than mostly helping the Knight Society just to run these kind of events to, that help with NIL. And it's, it's good to see stuff like this. Um, I know there's been some complaining on the message boards and Discord and everything, but this, this is a good start. And I expect a lot more events going forward, especially with football season coming up, basketball season right behind that. Um, it's going to be a, an interesting couple of, uh, couple of months, I guess, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that seems to kind of be the nice society's lane is, is, is holding these events. And uh, it sounds like, you know, they're, they're thirsty for more. It sounds like uh, Gio and, and Eric Legrand thought the event went really well. Um, mm-hmm. So look for that to happen again next year and possibly other events like this. Because, I mean, these are the kind of things that really get people closer to the, the athletic <clears throat> department when you can actually go and interact and spend a whole day with people. And you know that all the money is going to a good cause raised a lot of money this past mm-hmm. weekend for yeah. the basketball program. And that'll be put to good use because as we know, uh, basically every player on the team was tampered with last year. So those, <laughs> those funds are, are needed. Uh, yeah. so it's exciting to see Rutgers NIL war machine kind of, uh, you know, building up and starting to, to fire on, I wouldn't say all cylinders, but a lot of cylinders. Um, yeah, no, it, it's just good for everyone around. Like you said, it's good for fans to interact. But it's also like if you see the one photo, like there's like a group of like six, five, five or six kids just watching Watt Mag swing and cheering them on and yelling the whole time. So it's good for like that for them to get involved and start them out young as Rutgers fans and then eventually <laughs> become donors down the line. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So great event. Um, it'll help a lot with the basketball program. Mm-hmm. Um Speaking of the basketball program, uh, we had a visitor on campus this past, I wouldn't say weekend, but I think his visit started on Sunday and ended today, or it's ending today, right? Uh, Jeremiah Williams, who is the the wing out of Temple and Iowa State. What are you hearing mm-hmm. about his recruitment and uh, where Rutgers stands after this visit? Um, yeah, so it sounds like everything went really well so far. Um, I know it's technically not officially over. I think it's over at like noonish today or whatever because they get uh-huh. breakfast. They get. I even think they might get lunch before they leave. But regardless, um, it sounds like everything went really well. It sounds like I'd be a little shocked if Jeremiah Williams doesn't end up with Scarlet at night. I know Peichel's really high on his defense. He's a really good on-ball defender when he was healthy. Mind you, he's missed 
less than a year with an Achilles injury. I don't expect him to be back this year. It's, I shouldn't say be back this year. I don't expect him to be back for the ready to go for day one of the season. Could he come back mid season? It's possible, but Achilles injuries are tough, man. They are, they are yeah. brutal. I can't say from experience that I've had to deal with it, but like just looking based off, like I, I'm a Nets fan looking based off Kevin Durant, Durant sat out an entire year and a half. I think it was a year in like uh yeah. whatever it was over a year. I know that. Yep. And that's Kevin Durant with the best medical training staff in probably the world, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, close to it. The, yeah, the NBA training staffs are different. I'm sure he had his own um, doctors and all this rehab staff, and that's that. Like this is college, which they still get a pretty good training staff. I think Richard Van Dyke is probably one of the best around, but it's it's still a year. It's going to take more than a year to get back on the court, and then to be comfortable back on the court too. That's why like everyone's like Mag back day one, and I'm like you still got to get comfortable back on the court too. So that's, yep. that's another issue, but regardless, it does sound like Jeremiah Williams will become a Scarlet Knight. Will he play this year? Probably not, but I think next year he'd be a really good piece, um, especially around a potential lineup with a bunch of scorers like Gavin, Ace, Dylan, Harper. Um, so it would make a lot of sense to get him in there because he is a good defender, and he can score. It's not like he's, he's just a defender. He, he averaged nine nine and a half points per game in his first two seasons with Temple. Three and a half rebounds, four over uh, over four assists per game. Shot forty two percent. Three point percentage kind of sucks at twenty six, but everything else like uh, it seems like he's a pretty damn good player, and he's, he's from a notable high school too in Simeon out in uh, Chicago. So that uh, that definitely doesn't hurt things. No, it doesn't. There's a lot of basketball talent out at Simeon, and um, mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt to get an in there for sure. Um, yeah, it it could be uh this could be Marlon Williamson's first edition since uh, joining the staff, so this would be a big one for him. It would be huge, and there's another Williams. Uh, I wouldn't say brother, but there's another Williams out there <laughs> that Rutgers is recruiting that seems like they're doing really well with. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us an update on where things stand with Austin Williams, the former uh, Hartford guard. Yeah, former Marist Hartford FIU guard. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh year transfer, like um, he's been around the block quite a few times now. He's uh, finishing up a summer class, I believe it's at FIU. I haven't gotten confirmation on that, but I can't imagine it being anywhere else. Maybe one of the local schools, probably not though. But he's a New Jersey native, so he should get a waiver, no issue. I know he's a grad transfer, and you guys hear waiver. You still need one regardless. Um, it's just a lot easier for grad transfers. They're just kind of like, here you go. Yep. Um, so yeah, his classes technically end. I'm looking now. It says the 26th or the 28th, depending on if he's in summer B or summer C. Um, regardless, those grades have to be submitted by July 31st at midnight. So when those grades are submitted, it probably takes a day or two for him to even pop up. So maybe you hear some info. Um, where's the 31st? This upcoming next Monday. Maybe you hear some info. Maybe next Wednesday. Um, I do think he gets announced before this. Uh, this trip comes to fruition overseas. Um, they're going to Senegal and Portugal, but I do think uh, he will also end up being a Scarlet Knight. And I, I'm personally in the boat of him being a starter. I know he didn't get any of the practice time. I think their practices actually start, what I say, this week or next week? I forget when it is. Um, but it's coming up soon, and maybe he might not get in all those 10 practices that they get to lead up to the trip. But I think when it's all said and done, between training camp, between overseas play, I think he's going to be a, a full-fledged starter for the Scarlet Knights this season. Yeah, that'd be huge because Rutgers needs some offensive firepower. Losing Cam Spencer, losing Paul Mulcahy, 
this pretty late in the process, so they definitely need some some scoring, and yeah. he definitely brings that. That was uh, definitely kicking the balls. Not a yep. not ideal to lose your top two or veteran players. I shouldn't say top two. Your maybe your top player in what was it May, and then your other player in uh, July. <laughs> not good. Yeah. Nope. But I mean, if, if Pike, if anybody can figure it out, it's going to be Pykel. Um, and I do think you know adding. Some, some of these guys like Noah Fernandez is 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 mm-hmm. not really kind of been you know baked into the, the the calculus enough. I think he's he was such a good addition, and we'll just see yeah. what the offense is going to look like because there's going to be a lot of this this twenty three twenty four basketball team is going to look different than any Pykel led off or any Pykel led team that he's had since he's been at Rutgers. Yeah, hold on, you have the cat running on me now. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's, you probably saw in the background too. I saw him fighting. I'm like, oh god, I gotta yep. mute it. Uh, I'm like, geez. All right. So one of the more interesting things that happened recently with Rutgers basketball is they offered uh, a five star kid in July out of the class of 2024, pretty late in the process. And Asa Newell, uh, mm-hmm. we got pretty excited about it, and then uh, I don't know. We kind of got some more information, and maybe maybe things aren't really looking great for Rutgers there. What are you hearing about Asa Newell? Yeah, it was a it was a late offer. They uh, offered him. Uh, it was Marlon Williamson. Marlon Williamson has a connection to his AAU program, and uh, Ace Newell is actually an Athens, Georgia native, but he's playing down in Montverde Academy. He uh, also moved to Florida. I think I think he's thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Rutgers is still a long shot. Although Asa and Ace Bailey were both hanging out uh, at uh, the Jason Tatum camp this past weekend together. Um, I think we tweeted out a video of them to to a Top Golf. Um, they did a bunch of different stuff with that uh, with that camp. It wasn't just basketball related, but you get to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, so they did talk a little bit. Ace is obviously recruiting the Rutgers. They want to get that Fab Five level type class where you could have Dylan, Ace, Lathan, Bryce, and potentially Asa. Um, I guess I should say potentially Dylan as well because he technically didn't commit, but still feeling pretty good there. Um, regardless, uh, it does sound like Asa is starting to lean a little bit elsewhere. I know he's been considered a Georgia lean for quite some time because his brother is a walk-on with the program currently. He's also also an Athens, Georgia native, like I said before. Um, he has, I think he, I believe he's taken a visit to Georgia already. Maybe not an official visit, but he has been there a couple times. He does have official visits set up to Gonzaga, um, actually starting today. Um, as well as what was the other two? Texas and Alabama. Alabama will be August first to the third. Texas will be the eighth to the tenth. So he's still taking visits. There is still some time to kind of get in there with his recruitment. But um, as of right now, I'd expect him to end up at Georgia. Still, could he go elsewhere? It's possible. Maybe Alabama makes a significant push, but I don't think this one's going to end up in Rutgers' favor, unfortunately. Which is fine. It doesn't really matter um, because you're probably going to get Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey. So, <laughs> yeah. On top of that, you still have Bryce Torch, uh, Lathan Somerville, Gavin Griffiths is still on the team. So, I mean, <laughs> not really um, too much to complain about if you're a Scarlet Knight fan. Although it would have been kind of cool to get another top ten player. It would have been wild, but uh, yeah, it's it, we're, we're we'll be fine. Um, yeah. It's a nice consolation prize to have uh, two of the top. Players in the country coming. Um, yeah, like you so. said, they they he we'll was see. hanging out with Ace Bailey down at the Jason Tatum camp, and it sounds like Ace is currently helping out at the Rutgers basketball camp, or he's at Rutgers during the basketball yes. camp. He's supposed to be there today or tomorrow. I forget what mm. day exactly, or when the, I forget when the camp even starts. To be honest with you, 
Um, but yeah, he is, Ace is going to be on campus, um, uh, with his AAU coach. I'm sure he'll be hanging out with his, his good buddy, Jermichael Davis. Um, but yeah, he's supposed to be at the Steve Peichel camp. He'll be hanging out with the staff. I don't know if he's allowed to help technically because he's not a student or like a yep. player. Um, but he'll be there in some capacity. So for him to be in New Jersey again is always a good sign. Um, he plans on signing in November so you guys can relax. <laughs> he's going to, he's staying committed. He's not going anywhere. And, um, here we go again. Um, then, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's firmly committed. He's so you guys can just relax with all the, Oh my God, he didn't sign yet. Like let's <laughs> not count our chicken or eggs before they're hatched, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's also apparently going to be at the CP three camp at the end of the month, um, which starts August 25th, I believe it is an invitation only camp. I thought it was specifically guards for the most part, but from what I was told, it's also like big men too, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. Ace can kind of play anything from – he could probably play the one if you really wanted him to. But mm-hmm. I'd say he's probably more of a two to four. Um, other notable names that are going to be there include uh, Jalen Green, uh, Scoot Henderson, recent number number three pick in the draft, and Chet Holgram's supposed to be there. Um, so it, it's it's going to be a significant camp. And it's also big because he's going to get to go talk to Dylan again, who's also yeah. going to be at the camp. So the fact that those two are going to get together again is a huge sign. Keep hearing good things. Um I, I have a future cast out. I'm, I'm pretty confident in it still. Nothing's changing. Um, I'd actually be a little shocked if he didn't become a Scarlet Knight at this point in regards to Dylan Harper. Um, yep. So, yeah. I mean, everything sounds pretty good. Um, so we'll probably have more on Ace after his visit to campus um, this week. And then we'll try to sneak him in um, an article or two because he's, he's got a busy schedule just like Dylan does. They're just bouncing yep. around to different camps, this, that. So, yeah. In terms of Ace Newell. Probably not looking good, but Dylan Harper still looking good. <laughs> yeah, so one guy that we've heard that might end up actually returning to Rutgers is uh, former Rutgers basketball player Oscar Palmquist, <laughs> who ended up at who entered the transfer portal, ended up at Elon, and then re-entered the transfer portal. What are you hearing about Oscar and his uh, chances of being at Scarlet Knight again? Yeah, so I, I'll be honest, I didn't see this one coming, but uh, it sounds like Oscar will be back with the Scarlet Knights this season. Um, wow. I don't know when they're going to announce it. I, think, I mean, now that we're talking about it, you're, you're kind of reminding me I have to uh, get something prepared in case it does happen. But, but uh, yeah, no, it sounds like he's going to return. Um, he'll probably be the, the 13th scholarship, technically, if the two Williams brothers uh, – Williams brothers. If the two Williams <laughs> – Williams is. I don't even know what I'm Williams saying is, right now. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with Williams is. That sounds about right. Um, as long as both of them commit, he would be the 13th scholarship. So this is going to be the first time in a long time that Peichel's not used that 13th scholarship on a walk-on. So um, Peichel's a loyal guy through and through. I think he would always take one of his guys back if they ever needed, like couldn't find a place or whatever. Um, and they had an open spot. So And it kind of makes sense because if Mag's not fully healthy to start the season, you, you kind of need a four man. And Oscar could be a yep. decent I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's phenomenal. I think he's decent at best, and he's not awful. He did play some significant minutes down the stretch when Mag did go down. Um, he filled in pretty nicely, and I think as a down-the-bench type guy for most of the season, I think this is a good addition. It's only going to be a one-year guy. I know he technically has two. Maybe he enters the portal again next year and goes somewhere else, or maybe just just says he's done. Because I know when he um, when he first entered the portal, it sounded like he was like full on fully on board on going back to Sweden and trying to play a professional ball over there because he was part of their under 17 team under 16 team whatever it was mm-hmm. um coming out of high school so um it wouldn't be shocking to see him go back over there and maybe go make make some money in, in europe um a tall shooter um <clears throat> not the most confident shooter in the world but i think he could 
he could find that three point uh, stroke if he needs to. So it's uh it's it'd be a more than welcome addition, and I think it's probably more than likely going to happen. Yeah, and everybody from what I've heard loves Oscar. He's just a great locker room guy, great teammate. Mm-hmm. I think Gio was saying it when we were talking to him that basically like when you see a guy like Oscar putting in all that work, not complaining, just keeping mm-hmm. his, his head down and, and doing everything asked of him. It's hard for the younger guys to kind of not do the same because they see yeah. this this example from a guy like Oscar Palmquist who's been here for now four years and you know, he's just he's grinding, working on his game every day mm-hmm. and doesn't complain, he doesn't get minutes, he didn't play for like a whole month last year. And then mm-hmm. when his number was called, he stepped in and performed pretty admirably for a guy who seemed to be cast off at some point uh, yeah. in terms of minutes. So, so, so. I mean, you had, you had him as a veteran. You get Jeremiah Williams, who's very well known from the Temple guys that I was talking to as a uh, really good team player and a leader of team, a leader of guys. So it's it's all about culture at the end of the day. I know Pykele says it more than anyone, probably more than any other coach, at least. Um, it's, it's all about fit. It's not about like, yeah, I could add the five stars here and there, but some of those five stars, as we've seen in this class specifically for 2024, aren't good fits. There's five stars. There's a five star that wanted to come on board to Rutgers. And they said, basically, eh, we're good. We already have our other five star. We're probably going to get that five star. So yeah, we're okay. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's all about culture and it's all about fit at the end of the day. And I think Oscar Palmquist as a, down the bench type guy fits your roster pretty, uh, pretty perfectly right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of a down the bench guy, Antonio Chole participated in some events this yes. summer and, and got a lot of hype. Uh, so just uh, tell us what the event was and, and what you heard from uh, the people who were there. So it's called um, SO Elite Basketball. Um, I want to say it stands for something different than just South or but I might be wrong. It just says so SO Elite Basketball. I really don't know what it stands for, to be honest. I've never heard of it before until today, or I shouldn't say today, the other day. Um, but they had a, like, a crazy training session where it featured some top college players, some top uh, recruits. Like I don't know if you guys remember Kurt Tang, a 2024 uh, four-star yep. guard that Rutgers has been after for a while and then went to Providence. Um, I think Rutgers finished second in that race too, if I recall correctly. But he uh, – he was there. There's a couple other players. There was a Juco guy who stood out. There was, uh, I think, a Norfolk State forward that stood out too. But uh, I was talking to the guys that run the the showcase camp training session, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he basically, they were they were hyping up Antonio Chole quite a bit. They said he put on a ton of weight over the offseason. Um, he's matured a lot because they've seen him last year and they, they compared to this year. And uh, he was he was one of the, easily one of the best players at the camp, which is always a good sign. He shot the lights out, which kind of what we've heard last uh, off season too. He's been a really good three point shooter. I know after talking to people last training camp, he was, they obviously stat all the, the shooting throughout uh, training camp and not, and just practice in general. And he was the highest percentage three point shooter. So that's something wow. to remember. Um, he plays above the rim was really good defensively uh, on the big men, but he also was able to switch to guards at times because he is that lengthy and he's not the quickest guy in the world. He can be. He just needs to work on his footwork a little bit. This is based off what I saw last year. But they hyped him up as a really good defender and able to switch on guards or big men or forwards or whatever. He can kind of guard it all. But, uh, yeah, I think this. I think he's going to play some serious – I shouldn't say serious. He'll play some solid minutes this year. So, I mean, especially with Mag. Um, Mag also wanting to play some three this year. And Mag still not being fully ready to go, in my opinion, for day one. I think you'll probably see a little bit of chole, especially in the out-of-conference play. So it's a good sign to see him uh, lighten up this uh, showcase camp or whatever. 
Yeah, I do think that if Rutgers hits their ceiling this year, like an NCAA tournament team with you mm-hmm. know some dangerous offensive uh, upside, I think it's going to be in part because Antonio Chole kind of takes that next step. Uh, he's a guy yeah. that Rutgers really kind of needs at this point. And so uh, it's good to hear that he's making progress. He's transforming his body because, yeah, like you said, defense and threes, that's the modern player, lengthy defensive, uh, can play good defense and can shoot from beyond the arc. That's the kind of player everybody wants. So yeah. uh, great to hear uh, positive vibes coming from the Antonio Chole uh, camp. Yeah, he um, was a, such a late addition too. So if you get mm-hmm. a significant year or two out of him, that's that's a win in my book. Um, if you get more than that, and he, he redshirted last year, if you get four years out of him and he's good yeah. every single year, that's that's huge. That's a huge win. Um, yep. Other than that, I wanted to mention something else about the team that I found out. Uh, Manuel Ogbol, uh suffered an injury at JUCO, I was told, and he's still not fully healthy. So it sounds like he's probably not going to be a full go for um, – overseas trip he will be with them from what i was told but he's probably not going to be a full go at all he might not even play at all to be honest um so something to keep a note on you'll probably see more wolf folk at the big man spot maybe some troll if you're going to play some small ball just for shits and giggles because i don't know how good these teams are that they're playing um or how big they are either i should say but uh yeah it's just something to keep an eye on you might see a lot of troll uh, at these in these stat lines at least because i'm not sure how much film we're going to be able to get but we'll definitely have a uh, stat lines from every game yeah we've been pushing for uh twitch streams of the games or you know live youtube video but i can understand if they don't want to do that or if they just haven't prepared to do it but um yeah hopefully we get something other than stat lines like you said yeah uh i think oh well they're gonna bring their cameraman they're gonna get some film but it's not gonna be like full-on like live streams so you're not gonna be able to watch the game in real time you're gonna get it like highlights a day later two days later whatever Got it. So, here's what it is. Well, that's basically all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we, we head out today? No, I mean, stay tuned on the website. Um, if, if you don't know it already, it's ruckers.rivals.com. Um, we'll have tons of stuff tomorrow specifically because it's going to be media day and Rutgers speaks tomorrow at day one. Um, I don't know if Greg Shannon is going to say anything significant. I think it's just going to be the basic stuff. Um it's going to probably hype up Gavin Wimsett as quarter, quarterback, uh, talk about Shiraka stealing him from Minnesota. He won't say that, but we'll talk <laughs> about how Shiraka is a veteran. It's 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 going to be a lot of coach speak, so don't expect like a ton. But uh, we will have a bunch of articles and stuff and videos and all that other good stuff. Uh, and then camp starts, what, a week from today? No. What, what's today, 25th? It's, eh, it's pretty close to a week. Um, so it's it's getting – getting close we're getting really close to football season and we're, we're gonna have to start doing some football preview stuff i know we've talked about hoops yep. non-stop for the past two months but um football is here pretty much so get ready get hyped let's see what Rutgers can do this season and um i'm sure we'll do like a season preview and all that good stuff later on uh in probably august but for now um that's that's all we really got All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for listening. This has been another edition of the Net Report Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.